Hey everyone, what's up? It's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to podcast episode number 236. Now this week we're actually going to be going into arguably the most brutal, vicious, tactical school network in the world, Maximum Security Prisons. And you're going to get a first-hand account of exactly what the violent predators of our society know about fighting that you don't, and how to defeat them at their own game. Now, it's a rare look beyond the myths and misinformation of your traditional combative schools out there. And it's going to help you take a more realistic approach to your own self-protection plan, and it's all coming right up. But first, don't forget to grab this week's free show notes, including a handy-dandy cheat sheet covering all the main points. All you have to do is go to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 236 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk tactics. Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Prison. It scares the hell out of most of us, and it should. Prison is arguably the most controlled, most dangerous environment in the United States. Violence, rape, even murder, these happen every day in America's prisons. But prison isn't just a terrible place to end up after you've committed a crime. Prison is also a training facility for the criminals of our society. It is, in fact, one of the most dangerous but effective training programs in the world, consistently churning out more prepared, more deadly, and more effective predators. We've seen videos of prisoners training in the yard to learn how to use knives or their hands more effectively. You can bet that they trade information. And they have nothing more to do on their hands but to actually train. Well, as legendary Sun Tzu said in The Art of War, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a 100 battles. And knowing the mind of a well-trained criminal from someone who has spent time in prison can only help us in our goal of protecting ourselves and those we love. And who better to give us the inside intel than someone who has spent time in prison himself and observed firsthand the sneaky, special tactics prisoners learn behind the walls. That and how to defend yourself against these well-trained prisoners is why we're here today. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor from Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And here today to answer the questions that I just talked about here is Jermaine Andre. Jermaine, welcome back to the program. Jeff, how are you doing? It's great to be back. Thank you for going through all that you had to go through to find me and reaching out to me. I love being on the show. I'm always happy to be on here with all these people who are trying to Reach out and help everybody else learn how to protect themselves. It's good to have you on, man. You're, you're, you are, you are a hard person to get a hold of, but you know, it's, it's hard to find this kind of information out there from somebody who's really in the know. There's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot of like, you know, myths and misinformation out there. So I always like getting you on for, for these types of topics. Now, for those of you that haven't caught any of our previous conversations with Jermaine, uh, Jermaine actually went to prison for six years for armed robbery back in 1991 when he was just 18 years old. And he did a year of solitary confinement for organizing what was called a major disturbance. Today, however, he is a respected and well-known member of the community. Now, he was inducted to the United States Hall of Fame in 2012 for the first master of mixed martial arts. He was a WFA World Fighting Alliance middleweight world champion in Las Vegas, Nevada, a USSBA Japanese shootboxing heavyweight world champion, an ISKA United States Chinese Sansu kickboxing light cruiser weight champion, a UFC 23 ultimate fighting championship veteran, an SFC submission fight. I could just go on and on and on with this. In other words, he knows how to kick someone's ass, and he's learned in a lot of different ways. 
Now, on top of all that, he is a member of the International Law Enforcement Educators and Trainers Association, a member of the International Martial Arts Council, and the author of four published books, including The Fighter's Bible, Nui Tiger, Ice, and Dealing Effectively with Idiots. <laughs> Finally, he's the father of a Marine daughter who serves in the 4th Battalion. You can learn more about Jermaine and his training over at www.germaine.com. Andre Martial Arts.com. That's J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E-A-N-D-R-E Martial Arts.com. Okay, Jermaine, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get into this. Look, first of all, I think when we talk about like what prisoners know that we don't about how to attack somebody and 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 how to target your victims and, and all of that stuff that that we fear and we hear all this myths and misinformation about. I always wonder, like the first thing that always comes to my mind is what do they joke about behind bars? Like what is the um, like for schmoes like us that have never been in the yard of, of a maximum security prison or anything? What are those conversations like? Like what's the main thing that they joke about or what they, they think that that we just don't get about how easy it is to be targeted or about crime? Well, Jeff, I definitely would say the main thing that's spoken about and laughed about is people underestimate the intelligence of criminals. Everybody thinks that criminals are stupid. They're not smart. They think they don't plan. They don't prepare. So, you know, that's one. The other is, is comfort. You know, people feeling like, you know, and I ask you this, you know, when you see whenever someone gets attacked, no one ever says, Hey, I knew this was going to happen to me. They always say, Hey, I never thought this would happen to me. So, you know, everybody's walking around not prepared, not ready. Of course, you have some who are, you know, and then the, the other one is, is sometimes the arrogance. Even a lot of times the people who are trying to prepare, a lot of times they're not studying, they're not trained correctly. They're just trying to carry a, a tough image to look like and, and act like they got it. But, you know, once you make that attack and bring something real to them, they're going to freeze or they're going to fold. Yeah, all of that makes total sense. I mean, we, I mean, I think about the conversations I have with people who are in our training classes and, and stuff like there is the, this kind of arrogance of like those are the criminals. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. And so it's easy that if you didn't grow up in that environment, if you don't live in that environment, you don't know those people. It's easy to think, well, they're not as smart. That's why they're in prison. That's why they have to steal because they can't hold down a job. They need to go prey on other people in order to uh, in order to make their money. So you're right. There is always this kind of like they're lesser than. Therefore, my smarts will get me through that. kind I'm of gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what they think. I'm lesser than. So I'm guaranteed to win if something happens. You know, a lot of people think, you know, you guys, a lot of people, hey, you got any training, any martial arts, any self-defense? What they tell you, oh, I go, I see red, but I get mad and I'll just, and, I, and I'll fight and I'll wear somebody out. You know, they, they, they plan on hope, on hoping that something that they're going to respond like Jason Stabham, you know, if they get put into a situation. So criminals know that. They, they know that people underestimate them. They know that people find comfort in thinking that the police will protect them. Now, the police want to protect everybody. And I, I get try to convince people that all the time. Police want to protect you. They want to be there. They wish they could stop it from happening. But they can't always be there. That's impossible. But too many people rely on that. And so they just walk around expecting when it doesn't, when they don't get protected, then they want to blame law enforcement. You know, say, where were you? You know, but they can't. No, law enforcement is not magical. You know, they're, they're human beings. Yeah. Jermaine, when we talk about the street interview all the time when it comes to criminals. And I mean, look, I know that they're not out there looking for a fight. You know, they're not if they're going to rob me. I know that they don't want me to fight back. And therefore, they're looking for the sheep of our society who look like an easy target. Like they just want fast money and get out of there. Right. So in the kind of like that prison training um, class, you know, if you will, what is it that's taught for what, what do criminals learn 
to look for in an easy target? What, what how do they spot what their, their target is so that we can we know what not to do? Well, the first thing is they, they look for they look for what they want. Does it, is this person carrying what they want? You know, depending on what type of attack it is, do you see valuables? You know, do they just get have a nice car? You know, if it's a, a predator, you know, is this a woman who has what you want or a child who has what they want? And then they look for them to be secluded and alone. That's the main thing. That you have, they have to be on the stage. You know, I always tell everybody, nobody's going to attack you in Walmart. You know, and if they do, you must have done something pretty bad to get attacked. But a criminal is not going to try and rob you in the middle of Walmart when it's busy because there's people there, there's witnesses. They're always going to look for you when you're secluded and alone. And the main thing they look for nowadays, and they'll even get you in crowds sometimes. You go to New York, and they'll, they'll, they'll snatch your purse, they'll snatch your cell phone. It's people who are unaware. You know, people are just walking around, you know, talking on cell phones, you know, arguing and fighting with someone, and they'll look and target that person. But you're, you're 100% right. I always tell people that all the time, they don't want to fight. If they want to fight, then they'll go and, and mug a police officer, you know, so they can have, have a fight. They want to get in and out of there quick not be seen. So when you fight back, first of all, you're causing a distraction. You're slowing down their timing. So they're going to, you know, they're going to not really want to fight because they didn't come for a fight. So it's a lot of times just smacking them, even if you're not trained, just letting them know, I'm not going to go with you. They know that the cops might be coming. Somebody may see them. Somebody might hear it. They have a chance of losing. They're not in it to lose. They're in it to win. Yeah, listen, we've been talking with Jermaine Andre of JermaineAndreMartialArts.com about the mindset and tactics of today's most dangerous felons. And we obviously have a lot more coming up. We're really just getting into this stuff. And we're going to be covering things like how to spot an experienced felon or street criminal out of a crowd so you know ahead of time the threat that you may face. We're also going to talk about attack dynamics of the ultra-dangerous criminals out there and your best unarmed defensive tactics to deal with a criminal who is better trained and more experienced than you. But first, check out this special message. In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with Jermaine Andre of JermaineAndreMartialArts.com about talking about the mindset and the tactics of the most dangerous felons that are out there, people who have been trained in prison and know how to target people like you and me to get what they want and how to fight back for that. So let's go ahead and jump back into the interview now. So, Jermaine, how do I know when I'm dealing with an experienced felon or a criminal? And like, you know, in a parking lot, somebody who is is a burglar is easy to spot, right? Like they come up to you, they target you, you you know when you're being robbed. But if it's something like a 
like a, a fender bender or something like that. And the guy that gets out is really upset and, and he's irate and hopefully he's just letting off some steam and I can diffuse the situation. Whereas if I'm dealing, if I know I'm dealing with somebody who is a trained criminal, the rules change, right? Like, cause yes, a fender bender inside a prison is, is, is different, right? Yes. So it's a totally different mindset. And I understand that part, but how do I, how do I tell? If I've never been in prison, I don't, I don't have the, the one-on-one experience with learning the hard way, what to say, what not to say, how to know if I'm dealing with somebody that could really do me some harm or is probably just really angry and gonna, and I can diffuse it. What are the things for me to look for in somebody to know whether or not I'm dealing with somebody who's an experienced criminal? Well, I'll tell you, being tough is, is a, a matter of quiet and calm. And if you, you know, you run into somebody like this, first of all, look for size. You know, most people who've been in prison, they'll have a good size to it. Secondly, you can look for tattoos. You know, a lot of times they'll have them going around the neck, their arms, anything like that. But the main thing you're looking at is if they're angry, let's say like he's upset and he's getting ready to come to you, he'll go quiet. That's, you know, because he means what he's getting ready to do. So the planning starts. So it won't be a lot of yelling and a swing or anything like that. You'll see him get focused and you'll probably see him go calm. Or you, there, there may not even be an expression. You know, the main thing is if they're moving towards you. You know, always keep space. Space gives you time. It, it, it puts, you know, it sets things so you can reset. You got time to draw. You got time to block. You got time to run and escape if you have to, which is the number one self-defense technique in the world is escape, you know. So that's the main thing I would say, you know, in the inside, you learn to be calm because you have, you know, it's not just one badass in there. There's thousands and anybody can be taken out at any time. So you try to stay out of stuff. And that's one thing that they, if they if they turn back to the criminal world where they're not trying to obey the law, they're not trying to turn their life around, they're gonna still have that convict attitude. And that's the one thing that they'll do. When they get angry, when they're getting ready to go into action, they're gonna go quiet. And they'll be moving towards you at the same time, trying to, to convince you to let them get close to you so they can do out what you know, do what they want to do. Hmm. They're not gonna to try to intimidate you down. A person who's used to yelling and screaming and not moving forward, he's trying to scare you, he just wants to get respect from you or he wants to intimidate you or you're afraid of him and then he's fine. He's gone. But you know, once he gets squashed or moving towards you, that's when he's getting ready to get serious. Yeah. That really reminds me of something. I saw a video, uh, a friend of mine, Peyton Quinn, I don't, know if, I don't know if you know who he is, but I mean, he's a good friend of mine and he's, he's kind of a legend. He did a lot of stuff for Paladin Press before they went under a lot, a lot of old time stuff, but he spent a lot of time uh, working in the prisons, talking with murderers and, and like professional criminals about all of these questions that we're, we're really talking about here. And one of the things that he did, he did discover from there is that when you're immersed in danger all the time and you have the basically inoculates you to like basically the anxiety that we normally have because we're not getting in fights all the time. We're not surrounded right. by danger all the time. Police officers, yeah. the same thing, right? Like when you have enough interviews as a police officer, it becomes where you understand the dynamics. You become wiser and therefore you are, you're quieter, calmer and able to deal with the situation better than, of course, your first day you were a rookie out there and had your first interview. And I remember a video that um, Peyton showed me and he had in one of his, in, in one of his DVDs of it was a fender bender and it was a guy that just stepped outside of his car door and he was just standing there like, Hey man, I, you know, you swerved in front of me sort of thing. And the other driver was standing there extremely calm just like was not reacting to it at all. And his buddy gets out of his car, come, just walks up behind him almost like it was choreographed, lifts up his friend's, the back of his friend's shirt as he walks behind him, takes the gun out and just shoots the guy right there. 
And it was oh, just, wow. there wasn't like, it, it was just so slow, methodical, calm. That was just business. That was just business. Yes. It makes me think about what you just said. And that's why I tell everyone this, you know, uh, carjackers will ram your vehicle. They will hit you hard enough to bust the body up because they're going to, it's going to a chop shop. They'll fix that $30 to fix it. So you, you ever get hit, you know, don't pull over right there in a secluded area. Drive, wave at the guy because if he's sincere, it was an accident. Wave at him and drive to an area where people are at and where it's lit up, you know, and if he drives off, then you're probably about to get carjacked and you know, your, your insurance will cover it. You know, you got what you call the uninsured motorist hit, you know, so you're still safe. So I always tell people that when anything weird happens, don't get excited and get emotional. Be calm. Think of, look at where you're at. You know, whoa, okay. This is dark. I'm in, you know, I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago on the streets in the city. I'm in St. Louis, you know, in East St. Louis. Okay. Things happen here, but I'm driving a nice car. You know, I'm by myself. I got my, just me and my wife or my girl, you know, whatever it is. And just say, Hey man, yeah, you just hit me. Come on, follow me over, over here to this parking lot. And if he's okay, I'm sure I'm sorry. But he's like, hey, no, I don't want to follow you. You're leaving the scene of an accident. Well, call the cops. You know, go ahead and call the cops. Matter of fact, I'm going to call them myself. You know, always don't just jump out and start expecting. Like you said, that's where people have too much comfort that this is an okay situation. Always think of your safety first. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. So, Jermaine, let's talk about how we might be attacked by somebody who is an experienced fighter from prison, okay? If we're talking unarmed, okay, we're not talking about like they're coming at me with a knife or something like that, but it's, it's maybe um, a crime of opportunity, if you will, and they're not armed. I mean, of course, probably they are armed, but when we're just talking about unarmed fighting here, what should I know about how I'll likely be attacked by this person? Oh, um, I always know this. If, if they're going to make the attack on you, this person, especially if they're a criminal, they're still carrying that mentality. They haven't been rehabilitated. They uh, have a lot of anger that they, they're holding a lot of blame that they're holding. And when they get ready to attack you, it's your fault. Everything that have happened to them, any beans they took as a kid, what the police have, everything that happened, that anger is going to fuel them. And it's going to fuel them to not be afraid to be hurt. It's going to fuel them to attack you fast and with power and repeatedly. It's probably not going to be just one hit, and it's going to be a lot of power. So that's why I say keep that distance. You know, you got to, and a lot of times they're not going to be, in, they're not a great fighter, so they're not going to be in this super great shape where they can, you know, last probably more than 30 seconds. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be fast. That's why you got to have that distance so you can protect yourself. Now, you, of course, you can, an everyday citizen can defend himself from one of these muscle blockers. A lot of people don't know, you know, like I've got muscles. And I remember people used to say to me, well, man, you're so big. I bet you knock people out easy. I say, man, my muscles getting away in the ring, <laughs> you know, because they eat oxygen. When we get mad, we swell up, and that adrenaline hits. You got about eh, 20 seconds before that heart rate kicks up and you're guzzling on, you know, guzzling on uh, air because most of your ex-convicts were weightlifters. They weren't out there running, getting their cardio up. So the endurance is not going to be good. But if they get their hands on you, you're going to be in trouble because that anger for them to even come at you, they're mad at you. Hmm. And they're going to, all that's going to resurface and they're going to put it right into you. So yeah, expect it to be fast, expect it to be hard and expect it to be wild. That's really interesting because I think a lot of people that, that get into a fight, if you will, whether it's, you know, the, at the bar, you know, the proverbial bar, whatever it is, you know, there's always this assumption like it's not going to it's not deadly. Like you're not going to nobody's going to die from it. It's a it's basically a, a brawl or whatever. And a lot of people, they might strike and then and jump back. Right. Back and then, like, talk, right. talk some more shit. They, or whatever. they don't really want to fight. They just want to back you down. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But I think it's also important because a lot of people, if they are continued to be attacked, right, 
then they might just curl up in a ball and think, okay, well, I, I can't wait for this to end. Or, you know, yeah. they don't necessarily fight back because they assume that it is going to end at some point. But what you're talking about, this mindset here, is that they might have so much of this anger built up just waiting to take it out on somebody that you are potentially in a, in a, in a deadly scenario. Deadly yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so let me, so let me finish this out then with, okay, we talked about how we might be attacked. Let's, now let's talk about how, what the hell do I do? Right. So knowing that somebody has gotten in that zone, I let them get too close. Yes. They've attacked me. Now I'm in this fight. What are the best unarmed tactics as far as advice that you have for dealing with that, that oh shit moment where I realize that this guy in front of me is serious. He is experienced. He is angry. He's taking it out on me. And what do, what do I do? Well, first of all, if you can escape, get away. And that's a lot of people don't understand that even if, if I'm in a self-defense situation, the first thing I'm going to do is run, try and get away. This is self-defense. This is not the world title fight, you know. So if I want to prove how good I am, go fight in the ring. Go fight in the cage where you got an audience and it's going to be safe. If it's a self-defense situation, you got a guy like that, try to escape. If you can't escape, create distance, you know. And like I say, you should always have distance. Don't let anybody get close to you. Keep them, you know, six to ten feet away while you're talking, especially if it's a heated situation, you know. But keep that distance. If he's coming at you and you have to do something, I'm going to tell you like this. We have a saying in prison that where we would have when we would deal with the guards, if the guards came after us, because you're not going to win against the guards, because they're, they're going to come in 10, 10 to 1. They're going to have weapons and clubs and everything. They're going to have a gun if they want to shoot and kill you. So when they're coming, but we would never want to let them take us. To take You can't let them take your respect. You can't, you got to stand up to them. You can't let them pump you out. So when we they came down and they had the dogs and everything, we knew it was over. We were gonna, I told them one thing, and this is what I teach even self-defense people. I said, you say this in your head. Fuck it. And you say that right there in the head, you might have to beep that. But I, I don't cuss it. I don't cuss on myself. But I tell everybody, even in my even the kids, I say, when your life is in danger, you say, fuck it. And you go for what we call your dead man's ten, And you attack him as hard as you can. And you might win. You know, you might get him. You might overpower him because he may not be trained. You know, a lot of times the criminals expect you to give up. They expect you to be weak. So the first thing that's going to happen when you come and you're like, bam, mother, you know, you attack back. He's going to go, what? Now you shocked him. That's a surprise. Now you start hitting him, you know, now he goes in defense mode, which is something he's not used to because he's used to being the aggressor, the attacker. When they make their attack, they, you know, they always want to make sure they're in the winning position. So if you turn it on and become that animal, become that beast, you know, that's going to be the first chance you got right there if you have to get in that situation. And I would say use um, kicks to the groin, but I've actually got a friend who owns a security company in Michigan named Dale. And we've been arguing back and forth about whether kicking a groin really will work on somebody who's motivated in a life-and-death fighting situation. Now, we know it'll work in a cage in a boxing ring, but the person in the cage, that's what I told him, I said, no, you, we get killed all the time when we drop. He said, yeah, but you're really not motivated to really, really want to kill but not be killed because, you know, the referee's going to stop. I said, wow, I never thought of that. So he claims, has a claim that they have been testing that and kicking people in the groin, testing, I guess, people that are arresting and things like that, and that it doesn't work. And I have seen that happen before. But somebody was really going at it, kicked in the groin, and it didn't respond to it. So I'm saying, you know, palm strikes, hammer fists, you know, going for that head, man, pow, 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 hitting, pow, from different angles, different directions. You know, learn the Muay Thai clinch. Usually if you hit somebody, they're going to go straight down to try and grab you. They grab you, you can drop your hips, boom, sink down, boom, start kneeing that body. Knee that body, uh, knocks the air out of them, it's going to take the fight out of them. But, yeah, you definitely got to be ready to fight. And if you got a weapon, use it. <laughs> Anything, I don't care, a lamp, a fan, an ink pen, you know, anything sitting around, grab it, get it in your hand, and start working them over with it. Right. 
Or and in your spare time, just go ahead and melt a toothbrush into a shiv and just you know carry that with you if you have to. But uh, you can get that on the airplane with you. See, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Listen, this is awesome. This is awesome advice, Jermaine. I mean, this is um really good information. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot from this. As far again, I'm really big into like the criminal mindset, and I always think that the fight happens long before any like anybody ever even throws a strike. And so, yes. the mental yes. the mental part of this is really really interesting to me, and that's really what I want people to take away from this. Obviously, we can't get into like here's how you do this technique and stuff like that on you know this short of a podcast and stuff, but. That's what your website is for, and that's what your classes are for. So listen, everybody, look, who better to learn about how to deal with and defeat experienced fighters and felons out there than somebody who has actually had to do it in real life, right? Not some, you know, I learned this from my master and my master in my taekwondo classes and stuff like that. Right. Not to go against the taekwondo classes, leave the hate mail at home here. But nonetheless, we're talking about real world stuff here. And so I highly recommend go and check out Jermaine's stuff. He really walks the talk and um, got a lot of great training over there. All you have to do is go over to www.jermaineandremartialarts.com. Check out his bio on our website as well and with this broadcast. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anders saying prepare, train, and survive. Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.